Hey, y'all, what's going on? This is Rashani. I'm joined by my ace boon coon, number one stunner, uh, one of my uh, podcast partners on the Why So Serious podcast, Brandon. Uh, today, we're starting up our new show, uh, Hindsight. It is a review show of sorts where we go back and we review movies that we saw in the 90s, 80s, and maybe in the early 2000s and liked them because we were young and dumb. And then we go back and we watch them again and we review them uh, based on what we liked when they first came out. And then we tear them down for what they are now. If it's a good movie, we'll let you know it's a good movie. We're not going to tear down a movie just to be that dude or to be them folks. But sometimes, y'all, we watch some really shitty movies and we just don't know any better. And we got to take credit for that. Like, like there are some movies, everybody in this, uh, everybody who's listening to me, if you're listening to me on the single simulcast feed, uh, chances are you've seen at least one movie where you thought that movie was dope when you were younger and then you got older and you watched it again and you're like, this don't make no sense. I can tell you right now as a, as a um, precursor to what I'm talking about. When I was younger, there was a show that came out called Chuck. Chuck came out in the early 2000s. Um, Chuck was about a guy who worked at this Best Buy knockoff called the Buy More. Um, and he got a spy computer stuck in his head. Uh, so he was able to look at people and instantly see like a CIA file on them and all that kind of stuff. And there was karate and there were cute girls and there was humor. And I thought it was great when I was growing up, when I was like 21, 22, 26, whenever it came out, I thought it was great. But watching it, like this past year as a 40 year old, I started seeing things like Chuck is extremely possessive. Um, he ruins missions over and over again for the same reason, because he doesn't trust his partner, Sarah, to not look at other men. So he sneaks off to follow her and gets stuck in these situations where they got to save him. Um, all of the guys in the, in the buy more shop that he works at, are literally stalking and doing like horribly misogynistic things to women. Like watching it again as an as a older person, I was like, man, this don't work. Watching House Party, which is on our list of movies we're gonna get to, um, as an adult, was a completely different experience than watching it as a as a kid. Like you see it from two different sides as a kid and as an adult. So, first movie we're doing is above the rim uh before we get started brandon how you doing oh man i'm doing great uh, i'm just glad to get back and watching some of these movies um i've been watching movies all weekend uh <laughs> i for some reason i watched uh all three matrix movies just out of the blue um i watched uh obviously above the rim i've watched the minister society i've watched heat um, so I don't know why <laughs> I just been in this movie tick recently, but I'm mm -hmm. glad to be back. Cause I missed, I miss going to the movies. I'm not going to the movies. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going out there <laughs> with those crazy people, but I miss going to the movies. So the next best thing is to watch some of these old movies and talk about it with my, with my friends. What's going on? Uh, so like I said, the first movie we're going to be watching is the inimitable, the wonderful, the, uh, <laughs> movie that if you don't see it, you're going to get some spalding on your motherfucking ass books. Today we're watching Above the Rim.
but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. Above the Rim is a movie that was made in 1994. Um, gosh, I really don't want to do the synopsis. Reading the synopsis, it, it doesn't give it the credence that it deserves, but let's go ahead and try this out real quick. Above the Rim is a movie that was made in 1994. Uh, it was a crime drama movie that came out on the 23rd of March, 1994, and it is the story of a promising high school basketball star and his relationships with two brothers, one a drug dealer and the other a former basketball star fallen on hard times and now employed as a security guard. Uh, it was directed by Jeff Pollock and it starred Dwayne Martin, Tupac Shakur, Leon, and Marlon Wayans. Um, it also featured a bevy of future stars such as Wood Harris. That's really it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, who else was the star that came out of that? <laughs> Wood Harris. Everybody else who was in this movie kind of just faded away. And if you really want to look at it, when we were kids and we watched this movie, I was caught up in the basketball. It was 1994. I love basketball then. I love basketball now. So to see a movie that was actually about black people playing basketball in the 90s was amazing because I didn't have movies like that, period. Um, I think that that's what shaded me because not only did it have – basketball players in the 90s but also had Tupac in the 90s and Tupac was my favorite rapper still is one of my favorite rappers even though ugh, we got to do a hindsight on that at some point too um the movie is about a high school ball player named Kyle Lee Watson who is the best ball player at his school he's the point guard for his school team and he's trying to make it into Georgetown but he's really just trying to make it through life <laughs> Like, you can learn how to dribble on the court, but can you learn how to dribble through the streets? That's what they really should have said for the tagline. Like, you can't double dribble through life, son. Traveling through life will just get you violations or something like that. Like, there's horrible plot lines in this movie that I didn't see when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I just saw the basketball. I saw Tupac's monologues. Um, I thought that it was full of action. I thought that the the conversations that Boogaloo wanted that Marlon the character that Marlon Williams played, I thought that he was hilarious. I thought that Dwayne Martin was a wonderful basketball player and you couldn't tell me nothing about Tupac. Leon Leon is Leon in every movie, but in this movie I thought he was the best version of Leon. So if this is like the one with uh with Jet Li, I thought that this Leon would easily be number 2 in the pantheon of Leons that have been the pantheon that have been out there in the movies and in TV movies. Um, Brandon, what did you think about this movie when you saw it back in 1994 or when you first saw it as a youth? I saw this for the first time in the late 90s, probably 98, 99. Uh, no, probably like 97, 98. Um, and uh, I didn't know any better. You know, I was... 11 or 12 years old or something like that. So I just liked the basketball. Mm -hmm. um, and I like Tupac. I'm similar to you. Um, you know, Tupac had passed and 
it was like, oh, because for me, I I listened to Tupac while he was alive, but I didn't know he was in movies and stuff because I was too young to go see a lot of his movies mm-hmm. um, at the time. So as I got a little bit older into my teens, I started, you know, oh, Tupac was in a bunch of movies. Let me watch some of these movies. Um, and so I went back and I saw Above the Rim and I, you know, it was basketball, it was Tupac. I'm like, this is dope. And so I enjoyed it um, back then. Um, and then now uh, I enjoyed it, but for different reasons. <laughs> it was more comical <laughs> than anything, uh, than like an enjoyable, good movie. It was just fun to laugh at um, and, and um, talk about how ridiculous it was. Uh, so that's the other thing, like uh, not to get off on a little bit of tangent, but like, you know, they brought some of these like 90 shows back, right? So like everybody's been rewatching Moesha mm-hmm. on Netflix. And so people are going on the internet and it's like, oh man, Moesha was so trash. Look how problematic this shit is. And I'm just like, okay, there's two things. Yes, a lot of our 90s shows were problematic, but like you have to be able to, when you talk about them in the 2020 eyes, if you're going to do like reviews or write articles or podcasts on them, sometimes you just got to laugh at that stuff because Mm -hmm. That's what it was back then. You can talk about if it was like, if it's something that's really, really fucked up, then, you know, go ahead. But if it's just like random 90s problematic stuff, you just point it out and say, look how fucked up it was. And then make jokes about it because it's not something to be taken, you know, as serious uh, in 2020 eyes because it wasn't made in 2020 eyes. And the same, and I'll say the same thing. There's show, we're trying to do much better now on TVs and movies. I guarantee you in 20 years, 25 years, we're going to be further along than we are today, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, culturally. Um, and we're going to look back at stuff today and we're going to go, God damn, in 2020, that was fucked up when they did this. So that was messed up when they did that because that's how it's supposed to work. It's the way it's supposed to work is that we always make progress. And so to me, the idea that we look back at something 20 years ago and it just smacks us in the face is messed up is a sign that, you know, a lot of times we say things aren't changing, but when people look at those things and they immediately feel a certain type of way, that does tell me that, you know, things are changing a little bit. And I mean, it's the same way that people will pop up and say that Tom and Jerry is problematic. Yes, we're aware Tom and Jerry is problematic. They actually put a disclaimer up on the Blu-rays and DVDs of Tom and Jerry saying we know our shit was racist because we came out wearing, in a time where racism was completely allowable and acceptable on TV and in radio and everywhere in the world. Uh, now we're recognizing that it's not the same and we apologize, but we're not going to change shit. Uh, so then y'all see a, a whitewashed version of us because that's not who we are. Um, there is no whitewashed version of Above the Rim. No. Although it wasn't that bad as far as those types of things go. Like, there. No, like, I, I just mean there's no good version of it. Like, Oh, no, there's no good version. Like, it's not a good movie. You, you can't find a good version of Above the Rim. Like, you can't find a director's cut where they actually fix shit. It doesn't work that way here. Um, Kyle... Is a horrible ball player. Let's no, 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 no. Let's not even go into that yet. Let's not even, let's not even, that's spoiler alert. Kyle's really fucking bad at basketball. Let's not even go into that yet. Let's go into the opening person in the movie, which is Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard is a basketball all timer at the school that Kyle goes to. 
Um, and when the movie opens up, he's playing one-on-one with his friend Nutso, and he's bullying Nutso in the post. He's beating him up on moves and everything. And so Nutso dies um, because Nutso slaps the backboard uh, of, of a hoop that doesn't have a wall behind it. And we'll talk about that later. But um, Tommy Shepard is now haunted by the memory of Nutso. Like literally, when you look at this, this movie is a basketball movie slash ghost story slash romance slash comedy. Uh, so Tommy Shepard is haunted by the ghost of his friend Nutso, uh, who I don't know if he feels like he lost to Nutso because Nutso died um, first or what, but Tommy plays one-on-one against Nutso every night and Nutso's dead. So he's playing one-on-one. He's playing ghost ball against the ghost because there's no basketball either. The only thing that's actually real is Tommy's movements and Tommy talking shit to Nutso. Back off me. Get off me. You, you grab me. You grab me. You grab me. Move your hand. Oh, you still can't stop me. This dude is dead. He's not real. He's not there anymore. But Tommy is still playing a hard-ass game of basketball against somebody who doesn't exist and had niggas like me going out to courts playing one-on-one against nobody with no basketball thinking that was going to improve my footwork. Here's the thing. This is one of the fakest things in the movie because uh, early 1990s was not a pinnacle for um, people's consideration for mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you go into New York, New York City, 1993, 1994, New York City, and it's nighttime and there's some dude that's out on the court talking to nobody, doing spin moves with no basketball every single night. They're going to think that dude is crazy. Mm-hmm. And nobody thought he was crazy. They thought he was, like, weird. But nobody thought he was crazy. They treated Bernie Mac's character like he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Bernie... Shepard was crazy. <laughs> yes, Tommy was certifiably, like, he had some demons, literally, that he was yes. fighting against every night. And nobody, like, let's just give him a job, you know? You know? <laughs> let's not look at the problematic things that are the worrisome things that happen in his life like his friend dying because he literally coaxed him to his death or his mama passing on it while he was very young still and his basketball dreams kind of just falling apart and now he's playing ball by himself at night shouting into the night with no basketball against an invisible opponent we're gonna call you a 5150 and in New York, he wouldn't have had that job as a as a security guard because nobody would have wanted him around their kids. Absolutely um, not. He would not have had the opportunity to rebuild. Like, I don't know where he came from. They were just like, you moved back home. Where did he move from? Where did he come from? Where did from? you move? How long were you going? <laughs> Was he talking trash to Nutso in, in, in Indiana? <laughs> was he doing I mean because I can't imagine him doing the same thing in a in any other area than in New York where it's like an empty project uh, uh, basketball court I can't see him doing this in say like Ohio maybe coming back night. to New York is what uh, rekindled those feelings maybe when he was 
Even when he was in Kansas, he wasn't doing that because it didn't. He wasn't on the same court. But we know he there. wasn't on the same damn court because I know you'll get into that later. But he wasn't on the same damn court that Nutsell died off of. Because <laughs> I don't even know if that court exists. At that this court. point, I don't know if Nutsell actually died. <laughs> Nutsell might just be Nutsell does real estate now. It was all a dream. He just really hated Nutso. Um, the other thing that really just got 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 me, that got me about this movie was when I was growing up, Tupac was like the hardest motherfucker out there. Now, we all know now that Tupac was literally one of the fakest gangsters that fake gangsters ever created. The nigga went to jail. He went into jail writing... Uh, music like Trapped and Brenda's Got a Baby and uh, No More and, and went into jail writing music like Me Against the World. He came out of prison writing shit like Thug Life, Baby, We Gangsters Now and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so he came out with a game plan after dealing with Suge Knight where he's like thugged out to the death of me, talking about riding on his enemies. He wasn't talking about riding on his enemies back in 1994 when he got out in 95. Then all of a sudden he was riding. It's a whole thing. Um, but Tupac's a great actor. That's what I'm trying to say. Tupac's a great actor. And so that great acting played out in this movie. When I saw this, I was transfixed by him. Tupac's a piece of shit. In hindsight, Tupac in this movie is a literal, like, bully. Like, like, killing homeless people because they call you Scarface. And again, shout out to Bernie Mac, who literally got off some of the greatest lines in this movie. If it wasn't for Bernie Mac or or Marlon Wayans, this movie would be a lot longer than it initially was. Uh, because every time they came out, they were getting a joke off one way or the other. Uh, Marlon Wayans seen... Marlon Wayans, every time that he came around, he was making up. He he had a joke for you. Um, I just love every part of Marlon Wayans in this movie. Uh, I thought that him and Bernie were hilarious. I thought that this was the best dramatic role that Marlon Wayans had ever done. Um, however, the one thing that I didn't understand about Marlon Wayans in this movie is why the nigga decided to make his voice quite like one of those niggas from Onyx. I know that this is 1994 and Onyx is a big thing, but I don't know why Marlon felt like his voice had to sound kind of like this. It's a forget about brothers. Hollywood nigga. What's up, baby? Come give me some love, kids. Stop trying to front. What's up, bro? How you doing, superstar? Yo, man, when you get out, bro? I've been out for like a week, man. Yo, they ain't built no jails that can hold me, kid. Also, Marlon Wayans' character, Boogaloo, has just gotten out of jail. How his first thought was, I'm going to go watch Kyle at a basketball game because, you know, I'm with, I'm with Birdie, who was Tupac's character. Okay, that's fine. But how his first thought to tell Kyle was that he was doing sit-ups and push-ups every day and had niggas washing their drawers on his stomach. 
Oh, yo, I'm sorry, man. Yo, Bob, this is Bug, Bug, this is Bob. Yo, what's up, B? How you doing, man? Enough respect, bro. How you doing? Bug, oh, yo, me and Bug play juniors together. Kyle, just check out my shit, please. 500 cents a day. <laughs> Niggas is paying me to wash these drawers on my stomach. Yo, yo. <laughs> they drawers on my stomach. Like, that That's just right. sounds onyxy. That's right. Here's how many sit-ups I was doing. Niggas was paying me to wash the drawers on my stomach. Like, I don't want your shit stains on my stomach. I want your nasty nut grease on my stomach. Yeah, no. Yeah. So are you dipping the, are you, wait, you're putting the, oh, you're using the powdered soap. And you want to rub that on my, no, that's going to grate me. How much are you paying me? I'm only getting a pack of, a pack of top ramen. You can't wash your drawers on my stomach. You can, you, but you know, you saw them abs though. The, the, the abs were there. I the mean, abs were there. But you, not enough for you to wash your drawers on my stomach. You can't wash your drawers on my stomach. Niggas were paying me to wash their drawers on my stomach. Today, <laughs> niggas is paying. <laughs> niggas is paying me to wash their drawers on my stomach. <laughs> they drawers on my stomach. Shut him that down, was, yo! Shut him down. <laughs> he had that dude Bugaloo had a lot going on um, in his life that yeah he did was not explained in this movie, but there was clearly um, some things going on with him as well. Some trauma. Um, yeah, he's been through something, and I do want to say that while every line that Bugaloo had was pretty much golden, and we'll talk about lines later, the fact that he was um, very intrigued by the size of Kyle's dick throughout the first half of this movie and calling him sweetie all the way through the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm just, for it to be a nineties movie, it was one thing that, uh, I thought did age well is the, is the fact that they didn't like really talk up. Like there was no homophobia or anything mm -hmm. in the movie that there was just an acceptance of that's just, who Boogaloo is. Um, Kyle goes out and plays basketball. He gets beat by a white kid twice. He gets beat by another kid once, or he almost gets beat by another kid till he learns how to pass the ball. He gets mad at his team because he feels like they're not doing shit, but Kyle, you're not passing the ball and you're the fucking point guard. What do you want me to do? Although I do want to say that the, the dude that was on his team, Starnes, I think his name was, uh, he did get beat down the court like four or five times for straight up dunks. Like That's my Kyle... man Mac from Agents of Shield. Oh, really? Yeah. So does he have a jump shot in Agents of Shield? <laughs> he does not have a jump shot in Agents of Shield. <laughs> he just beats the shit out of people. Sounds about right. Like he just every time that Kyle would get beat on one side, Mac was getting beat on the other side by his dude streaking down the court for a dunk. And it happened like three or four times in two separate games. And I was just like, damn, those two should not be varsity, but okay. Um, real quick, did you have anything that really made you like just laugh when you watch this movie again? Uh, yes, a ton of stuff. Um, one, uh, how ridiculous they had Kyle playing basketball he would do spin moves and crossovers for no reason uh, in front of two, three people. At one point, in one of these games, there was three people guarding him. He had two people standing under the basket by themselves. 
He's at the three-point line. He's doing spin move between the legs, spin move, go to throw the ball between the defender's legs to go around the three people to do a layup, and then runs back celebrating while his teammates looking at him like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dog? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, he went full Bel Air, Bel Air Academy Will Smith, only he's not good. And so he's a high – you know what he is if you go into sports terms? He's a high-volume shooter. He's Donovan Mitchell, who's not nearly as good. Mm-hmm. He shoots a ton of shots. He can get to the rim a little bit, but, like, he doesn't want to pass. You know, actually, Donovan Mitchell pass. That's a bad example. He's Ricky Davis. He's Ricky Davis. He can get to the rim. He has no jump shot at all. Um, in this game, he makes like two jump shots the entire time we watched him, and one of them was after he missed like five of them. And Tommy Shepard had to come and tell him, "Spread your fingers and flick your wrists." Spread your fingers, flick your wrists, which becomes his motto for the rest of the rest of the movie. Even though he doesn't even fuck with Shep uh, at this time, um, so yeah, that was funny to me. And then also, uh, Bernie Mac's character was funny every time he showed up. Because they had him playing basically a crackhead, some type of basehead, some type of drug addict, homeless person. But they keep alluding to, like, something happened to him to make him be that way. But they never really tell you what happened to him to make him be that way. But he's out there just talking shit all the time, having a good time. I'm like, this dude's the happiest person in the movie. He's trying to live his best life until fake gangster Tupac shows up and gets rid of him. By the way, you said Tupac was a fake gangster in real life. He was kind of a fake gangster in the movie because he didn't do any of the dirt himself. He made um, Motal do, do everything. Every time he something needed to be done, Motal went and got it done. Now, I guess that's how it was done in real life, but like, if I saw Motal, Wood Harris, and I saw Tupac, I'm thinking Wood Harris is the one that's going to be leading this, this, gangster, this gangster party. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Wood Harris is Avon Barksdale. Yes. And Tupac is Cheese. He's not even – no, because Cheese will put in work. Would Cheese put in work? No, he's Stringer. He's still Stringer. He's fake. He's a fake-ass gangster. No, but Stringer – Stringer, Stringer is uh, – Stringer was, Stringer was directing other people to do his work. Yeah, Stringer was also – but Stringer was faking a much different – way that oh, yeah. makes me hate him even more than Birdie. <laughs> um, Stringer's one of the most hateable characters on television uh, that I've ever seen. Although this movie had uh, one of the most hateable protagonists I've ever seen uh, until I watched rewatched Minister Society which had another hateable protagonist mm-hmm. and I'm like these people, what were they doing in these early 90s movies? I'm, you want me to feel sympathetic about these main characters I feel no sympathy for Kyle. None. This entire film. Not a single solitary moment do I feel anything for Kyle Lee Watson. I hate him the whole movie. So I don't know what they were doing with that. So Kyle and uh Kyle and Boogaloo go out to the courts after the the day after the loss, uh, after they lose to uh the white boy. Uh Forgot what his name is. He's going in North Carolina. Uh, starts with an M. Shit. 
Oh, my, um, Montrose. Montrose. Yeah, which feels like they just took names from carrot from actual uh, college players at that time because there was an Eric Montrose who was going to North Carolina at that point in time, but that's neither here nor there. By the um, way, that dude was in a total of two movies his whole career. And he sunned Kyle in one of them. <laughs> you want to guess the second movie? No. What is it? The Brady Bunch movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. Oh, shit. That's it. <laughs> so you're sunning him in one, and then you're a son in the other. Was he one of the Brady Bunch kids? or No, they say his name was Hip MC. Oh, my God. So he must have been, I think he might have been a DJ or something. Oh, shit. But I thought that was funny. Because you, you brought us in the beginning of this that nobody from this film did anything. Uh, that that Well, that wasn't already a star, became a star. Uh, I mean, I would say Henry Simmons became a star because he was on NYPD Blue for a long time after this. And then he's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a long time, like six years. I don't know, was Marlon Wayans already a star before this? Uh, I think he had done In Living Color. And when did the... Uh... We're brothers. He did Mo Money. That was 92. When did the uh, We're Happy and We're Singing and We're Colored? Probably that came, came out, out after. 96. Yeah, that came out after. That I was 90. put that on Netflix. That was 95 to 99. Yep, Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, the Wayne's Brothers need to be on Netflix. So, so this was his third movie. So he was in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. But he was just an extra, really, in that one. And then he was I mean, in Mo no, Money. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta subtract any movie where he's in a movie where a Marlin is starring in the, where a Wayans is starring in the movie. <laughs> so if you take out the Wayans movies, this is his first film, actually. So okay. I guess you could say he went on to become a star mm-hmm. after this. Because uh, right after this, he did Don't Be a Menace. Which is a Wayans movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right after this, he went right back home. <laughs> <laughs> after and this then movie, he did... Then he did the Wayne's Brothers show. <laughs> Wayne's, okay. So I guess his next movie was Requiem for a Dream. That wasn't a Wayne's movie. And what was his role in that movie? He starred in that movie. Okay. Um, with Jennifer Connelly. Okay. And that, but that was all the way in the year 2000. So, yeah. I mean, but when your family is putting out movies left and right, why work hard? I mean, that's true. That's true. By the way, we should do one of these shows where we're not reviewing a movie and just say who's the who, which uh, Wayne's brother was the best and had the best movies. Oh damn it, that's a debate for your ass. Okay, <laughs> we we can set that up for the future. Um, the shit that made me giggle in this movie, uh, like I no no wait, like I said, so uh, Boogaloo and Kyle wake up early. Uh, to go work out and do suicides at a park. Again, something that did not age well. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but they're doing suicides at a park. They're working out at a park. And um, Bernie Mac comes up and steals the ball from them. And Bernie Mac is talking to them. And he's talking trash. And in the midst of him talking to them and talking trash, he brings up something that even now, 16 years later, 
I still don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Boonks! Still don't know what Boonks is. Did you ever look it up? Come on, Flip, man. Why don't you just give no. it up, man? After you play me. Okay, my man can dribble. Can he wash his stanky ass? I don't think he can find his stink ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you real tough hanging with that cat dick motherfucker. But yes, the balls you play me for some real life. Boonks! Boonks! Ain't that some shit our grandfather's played for? Man, why don't you take your ass back over there on the bench before we tie you up and brush your teeth? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you a pussy! Without the hair. Boy, I'll kiss you in your hot mouth. Yo, man, me and Flip gonna play in private. Alright, bet. First basket wins, loser get crazy hard, Spalding written on your ass, bumps. Is it a bet? It don't make no difference to me, man. Is it a bet? Don't Look. make no difference to me, man. Take the ball out. Woo! I got an attitude on yeah. I've looked up Bunks. I've gone looking for Bunks. I will tell you right now that when you look up the word Bunks, it does not bring up what you want to find. It has nothing to do with basketball. Bunks is available on Pornhub. It's a category. Bunks is on Urban Dictionary, and it is defined as weed laced with coke. <laughs> he all over there smelling like Bunk and Hennessy and shit. It was said by Trina in uh, Nair Nigga. That's Bunks. So when he said Spalding on your motherfucking ass Bunks, I don't I don't know what Bunks is. Okay, so it says here, uh, Bunks is an urban game where the loser of the kinds of the game must bend over to expose his ass and accept getting hit in his ass by some object either a foot or a basketball which makes sense cuz remember after after he scored on him he pushed him up against the cage and like he was like behind him like he was about to kick him in his ass or something like that holding so on your you motherfucking go. ass bunks there you go all right we now know what Bunks is. Crazy hard Spalding written on your ass Bunks. See, where I was from, we didn't do Bunks. We did push-ups on demand. Oh, see, I was just about getting in shape. Nah, we was. You were talking to a girl. Nigga, you owe me five push-ups. Drop down, give my push-ups on command. <laughs> walking through the mall, just walking in the middle of a crowd. Hey, you owe me 20 push-ups. Push-ups on demand. Go ahead and bust them out for me. That's what we was like. We didn't do bunks. We didn't believe in <laughs> bunks. Bunks was not a thing we tried. Nobody wanted Spalding written across their ass bunks. Because if you threw that ball too hard and it missed me and flew out into the streets, I was going to kick your ass. There was no real way. And Hey, did you, 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 think, you think that uh, – Think the Netso and 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 Tommy did bunks on top of that roof? Uh, and that seemed like it was from his time. You, you think? Because that, that's why that, Tommy jumped off. That's who was talking about it. Was those two? So you think that? Uh, you think that Tommy once tried to give uh, Netso bunks and he missed, and the the ball bounced off the ghost wall that isn't actually there and flew <laughs> off in the traffic. You, you think he made Netso go after the ball? <laughs> he was trying to. That's what it was. I mean, there's no real way to explain bunks 
Like, if I had a choice between kicking you in your ass or throwing a basketball at you, I'm probably just going to kick you in your ass <laughs> like a running start <laughs> jump kick. Two foot flying, I'm going to kick you in your ass, bunks. I'm not throwing my basketball at you. I like my basketball. <laughs> so they play, uh, and Boogaloo, of course, is getting his lines in. Yo, you playing one on bum, homie. You know this is going down in history. <laughs> that was a good line. Which is still a magical line to me. One on bum. I told Devin he was playing one on bum against somebody, and he stopped to look at me. <laughs> Um, but he says they're playing one-on-bum uh, to one point. This is how they play one-on-one in New York, allegedly, in, in above the rim. All the games are to one point, and if you lose, you get bunks. I don't, I don't understand a one-point game. I never got that. It was, <laughs> I was confused by it. I was like, why did y'all only play to one point? That feels unfair. At least, like, played it, like, best of three, right? Like, right. If you're going to get kicked in the ass for this, you should have asked for <laughs> – like a bet, like something more equitable. Like I'm homeless already. I'm not. I'm not getting enough nutrition. I know I need like another chance. Like I should be getting at least two out of three. Dude. Also, what does one prove? I'm pretty sure I could <laughs> exactly. be an NBA player to one if I get the ball first. You know There's what? a if chance I can enough. score. <laughs> if you're lucky enough, you can do it. And I, I, I think that was kind of the point. He was like, "You're not even gonna be able to score one point on me." But I'm not gonna spend time spending more than one point. I don't know. It was dumb. The I whole could, thing I could dumb. run all the way down the court and throw a full court shot and make one point. Score your motherfucking ass. I will say this though: when you consider the fact that apparently a lot of basketball courts are on the roof in Harlem. Uh, maybe they play to one because people are dying, falling off roofs. So <laughs> it's like we got to play to one because otherwise niggas will die. We have to play to one. Let's talk about the health violation that happened in that scene. Because not only did Nutso jump off the roof, apparently an entire wall and window disappeared into the ether. <laughs> right? Like, okay, so when they were playing, there's windows back there. And then when that backboard disintegrated, which apparently was made out of, like, candy, when that backboard yeah. disintegrated, everything just appeared. He just went straight over the roof. Because it makes it honestly makes the whole thing feel, like, a little silly, right? You're like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a wall there. Of course, they wouldn't play on a roof without a wall there. And then immediately after you say that, he goes off the roof. Like, holy shit, what happened to that wall? It's... It the way that it's working out is that we're now debating whether or not that whole thing was a fucking dream sequence and Nutso is really alive and is a it, real you know, thing. It, would, it would make more sense if like Nutso had just gotten gunned down like trying to sell drugs. Like why did that have to be the scene? Like mm -hmm. he could have just been like the dude who played basketball with him. He was like, hey Nutso, I, I need you to quit selling drugs. We're going to make it into college together. And Nutso was like, nah, man, I got to make that money. And then got gunned down. It, we believe it. There's no roof scene, and we'd be like, "Oh my God, Shep is so fucked up from that." That would have made this entire thing make sense. Now we understand why he's against his brother, why he hates him. I don't know where this dude dying playing basketball came from, other than someone was like, "Hey man, Shep doesn't have any motivation." Okay, okay, <laughs> look, okay, look. How about we're on the roof playing basketball, and his friend falls off, and it's like. Okay, and then they shot that. <laughs> I got to admit, it. though, I got to admit, that is relatively creative for a 90s black movie because, <laughs> you know, back then, most of the films would have been like, uh, my, my, little, my little protege got shot in the drive-by or True. he got shot by, like, 
accident when he was playing that like outside in the front yard riding his big wheel, or he was uh, he was in school and a drug deal went bad and he got stabbed. Like usually it's something yeah. like that in all those movies. Well, and so they were like, maybe they were just like, you know what? We're not going to lean into the gangsterism. We're going to lean not? into ridiculousness. <laughs> Wait, we're not going to lean into the gangsterism. So, so bird. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we're not. Are, are we sure we're not? Yo, and while we're on the while we're on the subject of Birdie, Birdie oh. literally would come out there with his. <sighs> Shout out to every nigga who started wearing uh, camouflage uh. with the matching head wrap after Tupac played this role. I oh see God. each and every one of y'all. <laughs> the nigga did not leave the house without some sort of a No Limit Soldier sponsor. Camouflage <laughs> fit. <laughs> he honestly, I wish this had came out in a time when Fubu existed because you know he would have had like a full. Fubu oh, absolutely. Suit. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he. I will say this: like, Tupac is a joy in this movie. I, I need y'all to watch it for Tupac. Like, he is the entire reason to watch this movie. It is the best. Like, Tupac had. I feel like he had the most fun filming this movie. I feel like he beat up Marlon twice, for real. I feel like he just stumped Marlon out twice, for real. I feel like Marlon got beat up all the time in this movie, and Marlon was probably just like, hey, man, this ain't right. And they're just like, shut the fuck up, Marlon. We'll give you a dunk. You get to dunk once. And that was how Marlon got. Like, Off me! <laughs> his little two-hand, I just got out of jail dunk. <laughs> also, how did anybody in real life f- fall for the idea that, like, like Tupac was some like West Coast kid, because in every movie he plays a New Yorker so much better yeah. than he does a West Coast rapper. Even though he was a great rapper, but I never bought him being like Snoop or Dre or anybody that was actually from the West Coast. He plays. He's like a New York nigga that's out in the, in the West Coast. The only time I think he's West Coast is like, um, is it Gridlocked with him and Tim Roth? Aren't they in California in that one? I thought they but were even, in New York. Are they in New York in that one? I can't remember. Honestly. I don't remember. Gridlocked was the the one movie where I was just like, oh, I'm more in this one for the soundtrack. You ain't <laughs> never had a friend like me? Okay. I don't really want to watch Tupac as a recovering heroin addict. I'd yeah. rather watch him as a gangster who says shit like this to his brother. Left in the, I like that you left in the music. No, I, I had to do that for an actual. There's a reason for the music, and it's because of this, people. I want it, you, you to keep this. I want you to be aware of this. This music was the only background music they played That's throughout it. the movie. It's yeah. the only song that you hear every time. Like, <laughs> and like it's the, not the on the goddamn scenes, soundtrack. The it's emotional not? scenes, the hardcore scenes, like all, like every time it was like, look, we can't put like another Naughty by Nature song here. They were like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here, 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 here. All right, I got you, I got you, I got you. <laughs> Kyle lost the game. Shep hollering at his mom. <laughs> also, I do have a real question. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've never taught basketball before. And I wanted to ask someone who was a basketball coach. So I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah, I would have benched him. Like, no, real talk. I, I just... <laughs> Can you, can you learn basketball when your coach is digging out your mom's back? Can you? It's like, <laughs> can you, well, can you, <laughs> are you well, gonna, can you teach me and also fuck my mom? Like, well, I can call my son Kid Awesome in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
So but see, okay, I feel like there's a difference there because that's that's your actual son. That should be happening. Like oh, but you mean like you're town. talking about like the equivalent of like of from, from... <laughs> I'm talking about Shep, which by the way, I wanted I wanted a full sex scene between him and the mom so bad. Like I'm so upset they didn't do it. Cause it would have been great to see him like going down on her and then like, this is for you, nutso, the entire time. No, <laughs> no, when he no, nuts, he literally it. yells nutso. Nutso. <laughs> did you see it, nutso? Did you see it? <laughs> I came all over a bat, nutso. Hey, did you did you come, Shep? No, I didn't, did you? Yes, but I'll get you next time. You hear that, nutso? <laughs> His mom says she owes me too. <laughs> she owes me. <laughs> Are, are we even to? now? Like, who are you talking to? Don't don't worry about it, baby. Go back to bed. <laughs> Just standing naked at the window. Huh? How's that? That's not so, huh? That's so. Actually, while he's having sex with her, get your finger on my butt. <laughs> I don't have my finger in your butt. Not you. Not so. By the way, by the way, or get your fingers in my butt. What? I'm not into that. Don't worry. Not so do it. <laughs> By the way, Tanya Pinkins was born in 1962. Dwayne Martin was born in 1965. Oh, really? <laughs> they were three Wait. years apart. And she was his mother. <laughs> but that's a whole that's a whole examination on the misogyny of movie roles for women. Well, yeah. Yes. Also, Tanya Pinkins was fine, yo. She's fine as fuck. Yeah. Like I, she don't. She hey, like, Boogaloo knew what was up. He wanted to fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he told Kyle Honestly, about that out the gate, nigga. I've been thinking about her while I was in jail. I will fuck your mom, Kyle. Yeah. If you ever Shep, die, Kyle, just know I will fuck your mom. I remember when uh, Chef started hitting on. Her, I was like, okay, Chef, this is correct. You should like. And when Kyle was like, don't talk to my mom. It's like that's not gonna happen, Kyle. You've seen your mom before. Fuck like, you, twelve year old, ninety year old nigga. <laughs> <laughs> seen your mom before. That's weird though that she's what three years older than him. Three like don't crack, old. baby. Wow, that's but crazy. oh my god, that's you so got crazy. Tupac running up on his brother Shep and busting oh. out the classic quotes like this. Not that. <laughs> Not this. I don't know why they have this whole intro. <laughs> Let me make it back for the old lady's birthday, huh? How long you been on? A couple weeks. Why you ain't call me, man? Why you ain't call me, man? I knew you would. Your little brother that came up, man. Really? Hell yeah. I mean, shit got bad. Real bad. Be up in that damn bodega with mama food stamps and motherfuckers be laughing at me. Can you believe that? I mean, they was laughing at me. We had no lights, no electricity, no food. We all wrapped up in our coats in front of the stove in the wintertime. Mama rocking back and forth with that sad-ass look on the face, talking about old Shep, old Shep. <laughs> she actually believed you was coming back to save us or some shit. It's all right, though. I handle shit. We got a split-level duplex, big-screen TV, marble floors. Money after work, she seen more money in her life than she ever had. And I did that. I bought that back. And when I side by side, together as brothers, can't nothing stop us. 
nothing. You think I came back here to work for you? Come on, man. We brothers. And now you working for me? We be partners. What, selling that shit? Give you that dump? think you talking to, man? This ain't nutso. This ain't that dope head on the roof taking orders from you. This ain't the same little brother following behind you trying to go outside. You ain't the motherfucking man no more. I'm the one. Shit has changed. It's a new day, bro. You can't clean up your act. I suggest you raise the fuck up. Get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yo. Tupac is a delight. Seriously, he did all of that with a razor blade in his mouth. <laughs> it's the range. It's bad enough to, it's hard to do that without a razor blade in your mouth. He did that with a razor blade. Didn't I? Never did you see him just bleeding out the side like, oh shit, hold up, we need another take. No, Tupac is, God. I trained with a real gangster for three years so then I could talk with a razor blade in my mouth. And and Scott, shout out to our boy Scar who said he did that. <laughs> yeah, there were a bunch of dudes who did that. Like, I still I can't was... look at a razor blade the same way. <laughs> I'm not shaving my tongue for y'all niggas, but here's the thing that I love about that scene. Not only is that one of my favorite quotes from the entire movie, but it's also so much shade got thrown into that scene in the midst of Tupac saying, yo, we should work together. Him saying, she thought you were coming back to save our ass. It's him saying, nigga, you ain't shit. You yeah. walked out on us and had mama rocking back and forth looking for your dumb ass. Um, and, and you know what? He's not wrong about any of that. Like, I mean, the Marble Flores thing, I doubt that. Like, come on, mm. bro, you're not making that kind of money on drugs. But all fuck? the rest a, of that. A, a two-story duplex with Marble Floors. Well, they're in, they're in New York too. In like, New York, I mean, that's kind of they're in New York. Like yeah, that's that's, that's what that's a mansion. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But but in truth, like I, he's none of what he like. He's right to be upset because because let's be honest. Uh, I get your man leaving because he was like tra traumatized, but he did leave. So Tupac's not wrong in any of this. I like how can you like really? I think the only reason Bernie Mac dies in this movie is because we need to hate Tupac because there's not a point where you don't just immediately be like yeah. Like he's he's like he's like the original Killmonger at this point. Because mm -hmm. I mean, he's just every time he talks, I'm like, yo, I just like everything he said. And like he, and even when he killed Bernie Mac, I was like, I didn't even really like Bernie in this anyway. Like I was like, I I really, <laughs> I, it's so hard not to root for Tupac's team. And even like the, they're the dirtiest team at the at the tournament. Even after they shoot someone, you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I mean. I mean, if, if we didn't have Bernie Mac getting sliced up, that is a murder that Tupac did, Brandon, because he stood over him and he was like, recognize, motherfucker, <laughs> and sliced him the fuck up. Like, I didn't think he died from it, but I guess he got him across the throat or something. I just thought he did face shots. It was all on the camera. Here's your slice scene, your slice yeah, credits. They weren't, they weren't um, very. Didn't uh, seem very deep. Um like he was just giving him a quick shave. Like I thought make, he was just getting mad at this him. Nigga. Yo, <laughs> I'm gonna be your eyebrows now. off, right? <laughs> I'm gonna shave your eyebrows off. No one will ever forgive you. <laughs> you wanted pubes? Guess what? You ain't got no more. Um, <laughs> I will say this though: I'm not in the business of defending white people, especially not on the podcast or in general at all. 
But if I was a white person, if I was a white person <laughs> and I lived in a place where I wasn't around black people, and the only exp- and the only uh, experience of black people that I experienced was through movies in the early nineties, I could absolutely see why a white person would think there's no fathers in the homes because. I watched this movie and Minister Society, and between both of those movies, there was one black father. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> and, and he had some real issues. Right? Oh, yeah, and he had he some issues. He because this film, because you're talking about like, you were talking about what Birdie was like <clears throat> right about what he said about Shep, but the whole time it's like, where's the daddy? And then where's Kyle's daddy? Where's Bugaloo's daddy? Like, yeah. <laughs> where, like, no one had a daddy in this film. No one had a father in this film. Leon, like the coach was like, was the coach the supposed to be like Leon's father? So technically he was like Kyle's grandfather. And Bernie's like, daddy. If if he's Kyle's daddy and Leon's he daddy, then knows. he's Bernie's daddy. And then didn't uh didn't Bernie play for the coach as well? They yeah, played, and so was, he so was he was Flint's daddy too. One white man. So the one daddy was the white man. <laughs> yeah, one white man was everybody's dad. And he was the white man all, was everyone's dad. And I mean, technically, you can count, uh, was it John Thomas as another father? He John Thompson, up. yeah. Thompson, my bad. He oh, John up. Thompson. But he, yeah. I mean, he shows up at the end. Yeah. I just I, I just love how in the scene after Flip dies. Wait, which one? That's, is that after? After, after, after Flip dies, Kyle goes out looking for him because <laughs> that's after oh, Boogaloo yeah. gets punked out. <laughs> Again, understandably, by Tupac. Hold on. Okay, okay, settle down, settle down. All right, we got us a new player on the team. It's a little wet behind the ears, but I'm sure with the help of everybody here. Also, let me stop. What the fuck does that mean? I know, I know. Shep asked that in the middle of the movie too. Like, what does wet behind the ears mean, man? I don't. Oh, make like no you just got born. That's why you're wet behind the ears. Like you still have like birth. You know how Stephen A. Smith be like, you're still, you're still drinking Similac. Yeah, you're that young. type of shit. Like wet behind the ears is like referring to the fact that you're young, like you just got born, so your ears are wet. Yeah, it's stupid. That's a stupid ass. It's thing. very dumb. It's a really and I love thing. how they mention it. Like the writers made sure to have Shep say, "What does wet behind the ears mean?" And then a few scenes later, okay, okay, settle down, settle down. All right. We got us a new player on the team. It's a little wet behind the ears, but I'm sure with the help of everybody here, he's gonna be all right. Also, Tupac's team that sucks. Rage? That's rage. That's the rage best... in the background, right? That's rage. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I haven't heard this in forever. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the soundtrack, this movie is pretty much undefeated. If you if you oh. want misogyny, you got it. But um the the other part about the soundtrack is that it makes no sense sometimes because God. then you'll have people uh, warming up for basketball games while two while uh, Snoop is saying, "Now do I love them hoes?" <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> and why is that? Because it's Snoop Doggy Dog. That makes zero sense. Like, they wow. played they played bitches ain't shit with a scene that had no women in it. <laughs> what scene had women in it? Like, where, where is there a scene in this movie where there's well, there is the one scene woman. where Tupac More goes one woman in the club not- where he goes. Everything in here has a price. Hey, and he yeah. looks at her woman. That's true. That's true. That hey, is the she's only got a scene nice hat or go over there. And she's a she's a she's a sex worker. And it should be pointed out that like women, there's two roles where women speak in 
this movie and one is one is a sex worker and the other is his mom no there's three roles who's the third there's a sex worker there's his mom and then there's the woman at the restaurant with the big oh, ass yeah. eye oh that's right <laughs> who's like uh, uh slopping down leon yeah forgot about her because like, i'll take a coffee <laughs> also uh <laughs> okay is Leon that hot? I got, I just, and, and like, I mean, like, is he, is he at the point where like, like random ass waitresses are risking their, risking it all? I felt like Leon was a thing in the nineties. Is he? Was yeah, he? Like, like, like your job though? Like, I'm like, like, I'm gonna sit down real quick and try to make you smile. I'm gonna risk my, yeah, I'm gonna risk it all for you. Like, I mean, like, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think it. Like, I just feel like he's, he's like, I mean, like, I feel like this movie tried to make Leon something that he wasn't. I guess let's start with that. I just, I don't believe that Leon was that hot in the nineties at any point. Like even in the Temptations movie, I feel like uh, there was never a point where women were like, all right, yo, I'm going to risk my everything for this. I just don't believe it. I'm looking at pictures of Leon. I can see it. He had that nineties look. He did. He had that like lean yeah, the nineties look. And 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 in above the rim, he had that lean, I'm crazy, but you don't know it unless you see me he playing basketball in the middle of the night though. face. That's yeah, Leon's not a great actor. Man. He's not a he's not a good actor. He mm. was just David Ruffin, stuff he could shoot in this movie. No, he's Leon. <laughs> he was Leon as David Ruffin. Yeah. Like I feel like before every movie that Leon is in. He says his name and he says the scene, he says the character he's gonna be playing. Okay, and action. I'm Leon. Playing Shep <laughs> and action. I'm Leon. I think I'm just playing me today. And action. I'm Leon. I'm playing the guy who's not Otis. <laughs> I'm playing the reason why anyone would watch this. <laughs> well, for most of the film, he don't even do anything but walk around looking all mopey and oh sad. <laughs> the whole movie. Uh. Like fucking Eeyore, the entire goddamn movie. Like, like even with that one scene we're talking about, where the, the girl literally is throwing herself at him, he's just like, "I just want coffee." I'm like, "Take a coffee," <laughs> like, and she just stares at him. Yeah, nigga, did you hear what I, I literally just said? You could dive in my pussy right now and swim laps on this table. On right this table now. right now, I will risk it all for you. I will open up my shirt and just be like, "Oh." <laughs> I will risk everything for you. And you look at me and say, all you want is a coffee. And then she comes in and you're like, I'll fuck that. Nah, nigga. Well, again, again, I still feel like uh, that's why there should have been like a full ass sex scene with him and Kyle's mom. And I'm not just saying that because I want to see it. I'm saying that it, the movie needed it. Like, I feel like there's a lot that gets missed. I feel like the movie needed that. I would have enjoyed this a thousand times more. If we had fucked up, you know, just fucking forgot about Kyle. No one cares about Kyle. And it just focused on Leon and uh, Kyle's mom. That would have been perfect for me. That's the movie I want. Well, see. for what it's worth. And shorten it to 10 minutes. <laughs> put it on Pornhub. <laughs> it's, it's really just a porn. <laughs> put it on Pornhub. And then, yo, I'm here. Like, this is what for, I wanted to see. For what it's yeah. worth. Kyle was focused on Shep and his mom the whole movie. True, true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, that was a Oedipus-type relationship. Like, I don't want you around him. You can't stay out late. Nigga, I'm the adult here. Well, to be Even fair, though we're the same only, age. <laughs> he is only three years older. Yeah, he is only three years older, so. 
Like y'all are, he really treated it like it was a marriage. Like instead of her being the, instead of him being the son, it's what you get for fucking Barney Fife. <laughs> or the scene where after he, after he like loses it and gets ejected out of the game, his mom shows up down there and he goes, you know about Shep. Tell us, Shep. And I, the whole time I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Oh, this is it. But they're not giving me a yes. chance. This is my gym, man, and they call it bullshit foul. They wouldn't do that shit in this gym. Fucking don't, 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 don't blame it on anybody else. You fucked it up yourself. And fuck you. What is that gonna do? I love that scene. That was the best. He just he didn't even like. He didn't even like like take a minute to like ramp up. He went straight to the I'm gonna fucking beat your ass. <laughs> so Roshani, which NBA player is in the past or now is most likely to act like that after getting ejected? <clears throat> um I'd have to say Nate Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like Nate Robinson would fight his way back on the court. Fuck you. <laughs> Hit him with the, I'm not ejected. You're ejected. Uh, I feel like Jimmy Butler would do you know what got out there? That was my, that was my guess, honestly. And honestly, Kyrie Irving. And if we're being real, this whole movie's about Kyrie, right? <laughs> no, it's about Nate Robinson. It's about oh, Kyrie man. Irving. This whole movie's about Kyrie Irving. Like, <laughs> come on. Kyle is Kyrie. Like, that's plays like him. Oh, man. <laughs> You've got the same little shot. I'm telling you, it's just Kyrie. No, bro. Because Kyrie can dribble. He's Nate Robinson. Kyle does only have. Does not have a three pointer. The same cross. No, he has a three pointer. He hits it at the end. No, he hits a mid-range. Was that a mid-range? I thought it was a He curled around that screen and was right in, and that's what pissed me off as a coach. He curled around, he's always right in front of the three-point line, like he's one step in. Because the the goals are like nine and a half. So if if everything's Nine, nine and a half. The goals are like eight. (laughs) Seven and a half, maybe. Yeah, if everything was proportionate, uh, that would be a three-point shot he took. So I think that's why he's curling in short. Yeah, no, he's he's just Kyrie. Dribbles all the time, never passes. He is highly inefficient. You know, oh you're taking God. 20-foot jump shots, like take two feet back and get an extra point. What's the point of taking a 20-foot jump shot? Like, there's no point. <laughs> or my personal favorite was when he breaks everybody down the dribble and then comes on back out because, like, why? <laughs> like, you, like, I got all the way to the goal. Now I'm back. I'm going to pass to Shep for, th- for two. What was Shep shooting? What's Shep shooting threes? Oh, Shep was Steph Curry. Shep was Shep was no. Clay Thompson in the third quarter when he scored like thirty points. He oh ain't no, missed. I counted, I counted, and that's all my shit that made me giggle. List like I got a few things that I want to talk about that made me giggle. And the number one thing is Tommy Shepard playing that long in that last game in corduroys and a long sleeve thermal niggas <laughs> and scored in the, in the middle in of the summertime. In the summertime. Summer. Why was he wearing that in the first place? Like, it's summer, nigga. Like, it's – everybody else is, like, in shorts. He's just walking around like, my friend died. And he's got on corduroy. It's like, nigga. Corduroy <laughs> and long-ass thermal. And he, <laughs> do you not own shorts? He comes to the game. For some reason, the coach, like, says way back foreshadowing, I'm going to put you on my roster just in case. He shows up to play. 
The nigga <laughs> comes out and literally, I counted, scored 29 points in three minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which means two things. Because after he hits those 29 points in three minutes, they're still down by a point. Yeah. Which means their team was getting their monkey asses they whooped. They washed. They were getting real thick. Even I mean, with Kyle throwing the game, he was – they were getting mollywashed by a nigga who could only dribble with one hand and dunk. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they were also beating the fuck out of everybody on, on the court. Like, let's not pretend like – Oh, yeah, Motown like was playing school, football. Yeah, that old school 80s fouls. <laughs> them shits. <laughs> them shits is real. And they had that one um, that one bowl-cut white dude <laughs> as their center – who I just I never saw do anything worthwhile. Like every time I saw him, I was like, "Yo, you shouldn't you shouldn't even be standing right there. What are you doing?" And uh, so to watch Kyle ball hog his way, like y'all folks talk about. <laughs> I was talking to my assistant coach today about this, and he said Kyle was a ball hog all the way through the last game. And I was like, "No, he was a ball hog through that last game too." And then he started doing stupid shit as a point guard, like doing jump in the air three sixty spin 360 in the air and then making a pass off the shepherd for a jump shot. <laughs> His uh, high ass slow dribble, dribble down, jump in the air, do a 360 cuz you didn't decide what you were going to do before. You make the pass to Shepherd who goes to the same ass spot. Also, thank you for saying that. His dribble is always like his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Why is he dribbling so high? I was always confused by that. Like, you, he should have gotten ripped every single time he touched the ball. Here's the kill shot, bro. Apparently, Dwayne Martin had to act like he couldn't play basketball to play basketball because the dude actually had a um, – he walked on to the Knicks. Yeah. He played in the NBA. So, I, I refuse to believe he was this bad in real life. I just think that he was an 80s player. He played with them in 89. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in 94. They were probably like, yo, you got to do crossovers and shit. And he was like, what the fuck is a crossover? <laughs> they had crossovers in 89. No, they didn't. They had the UTEP two-step. They did not have a crossover. When did, when did Tim Hardaway come out? Oh, that Tim, was in 89. That was in 89. 89. 88, 89, but it wasn't a crossover. His killer crossover wasn't like what, what Kyle's doing. Really the crossover didn't the crossover didn't pick up steam until uh Allen Iverson. Iverson in '96. So I when it was like '93, then that's exactly when Kyle started playing ball. When Dwayne Martin started playing ball, he tried to pick up Allen Iverson's crossover. Yeah, Iverson came out of college in '96, so he was in okay. Georgetown in '94. This year, the year this like came I, out. Like yeah. I said, I feel strongly like this movie was about Allen Iverson. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's. It's or the nigga who played next to Allen Iverson in in college, who nobody just, remembers. I think Allen Iverson is just that streetball nigga that like made it, and that's that's really what it's about. Because I mean, I feel like we all know, like the streetball dude who, uh, you know, it couldn't get out of his own way, and, and like, I think that's what the story is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about like you know the streetball dude who you know if he could just get his shit together and go to college, he might make something of himself. And I feel like that's that was the vibe of this entire this entire movie and i don't know if because i mean that's pretty much what shep was right he was like the the street dude who didn't make it and then he he wanted kyle to make it so he wouldn't be him so i feel like that was like just kind of the the general feel of it i don't know i feel like you could put any street ball nigga in this that made it big and like you could be like oh this is about skip to my loot and it worked Mm -hmm. 
just yeah. So I'm like, reading an article right now, and, and Leon's talking, and he says like Iverson was big, having a prominent black coach who we know would take a chance on a player like like the character Kylie Watson and give him a scholarship, much of the way that Thompson did with Allen Iverson. It just made sense. So it was a lot yeah. about Allen Iverson. And he couldn't do what Allen Iverson could do. Like it shows up. Like he looks horrible. Oof. He looks so bad. Whenever he's on the court, like, how the fuck are you the best player on your team? You literally oh, the, dribble into a triple team. The, the your layups teammate where, is cutting towards the basket. The layups where he's getting blocked and his back is turned to the basket as he's laying the ball up and getting blocked. It's like, yeah, because your back is turned to the basket. Dude, those layups are the weakest fucking things. Those layups make me so upset every time I see him. I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> what makes me upset is watching him do that between the legs spin out of like double teams type shit. Like, like, uh, <laughs> like Brandon was talking about earlier when he does a spin move, does a between the legs spin move, and then he makes a layup. And then he's like talking shit down the court, and his teammates are looking at him like, nigga, did you wet the bed? You smell like shit. And, um, then at the end of that game, he gets triple teamed and his teammate is cutting right towards the basket and he pulled up for that nasty-ass jumper that he has. His fingers ain't spread. He ain't popping his wrists. <laughs> That's how you knew it wasn't again, going in. Again, like, I feel like some of that is acting because he hasn't been told yet about the release, rotation, and splash. But you're the best player on your team, dog. And you're the person who told you was coached by your coach. How did your coach never talk to you about this? Exactly. Like, like and, and that's a question. Like, can we ask that question? How the fuck don't you know who Tommy Shepard is? Right. He played for the same He played for your school. Mm-hmm. He was an all-time great. When he came out on the court at the Rutgers-related tournament that y'all were in, <laughs> the announcer said, it's like I'm seeing a ghost. It's Tommy Shepard. How the fuck don't you know who Tommy Shepard is? Right. And he was like, who, who are you? And I think on top of that, I feel like I feel like he should have done like finding Forster and been like, "I'm him right there, motherfucker," and just pointed up well, at the I pictures mean, on the wall. Like, do, wouldn't the school have like pictures? Uh, like, you know how schools have like the trophy case would have pictures of the team, mm-hmm. and wouldn't the coach show like old games to get them to see like like this is the system we're gonna play in? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just too many instances where he should have known who Tommy Shepard was. And yet, he also plays defense like Lou Williams. So even if you want to give him that he was scoring 20 points a game, like they claim he was scoring 25, 28, whatever 22 and 8 rebounds, defense. Coach. What did anybody else do? When he played Montrose, Montrose lit his ass up. <laughs> defense. It's like, we're talking defense. Defense. <laughs> this nigga never played defense. I, they played I, defense. Back in 1994, there was this video game that I used to love called Running Gun. It was mm-hmm. in the arcades. It was before NBA Jam came out, and there was no defense. It was just people swinging their arms like this and getting a steal. That's how Kyle played defense. <laughs> hey, Kyle, yeah. play defense with your arms taped to the side of your arm. <laughs> a nigga never played D. Never, never, believe. never. He didn't believe like, it. There's defense. never a point where you saw him, like, beat someone to a spot. <laughs> there's never a point where you saw him being like, I'm going to lock you down. It was just... And honestly, remember, a white person wrote this movie. I'm not saying that. I am saying that because this is a black movie written by white people. Did I white people write this? Jeff Pollock? I thought uh, it was Benny. Well, Medina's white, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they explained the way the defense with lines like this. Also, every single scene <laughs> opened up with music playing before it. I just I want love to it point personally. that out. No, this is, I love it. This is... <laughs> It's transporting me there. 
Mm-hmm. So I do what I got. And my ass was a rape to collect my crust. I just kick the raw deal when they drop it. Kick the raw because they ain't true to it. Screaming half in the fist. And your rhymes ain't shit. Get ready for that. Do that, fellas. Looking good. Looking good. Here you go, baby. Go down there, baby. Yeah. That's what I like. baby. Like those suck, baby. How you doing? Yo. How you doing, baby? You my man in the whole nine, but you look like a 14-carat Urkel. <laughs> that made me laugh. That made me laugh when I heard it. <laughs> I, I feel like Marlon wrote that. Nah, but this part. You gotta feel basketball. You know what I'm saying? It's in the heart. You know what I'm saying? You gotta feel basketball. I feel like that's what they say to white people with no talent. You gotta feel it here. It's not about your talent. It's about this. It's a mindset, baby. It's a mindset. And that's what he's saying while he's wearing the goggles and shit. Yeah, that 14 carat line, though, was. Wow, I actually that shit, bro. I actually rewound that. Rewound it. Was like, hold up, what? It's like he said he looked like what? It's, hey, was gold. But then when he said, "I'm about to get up in that ass like a gerbil," <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh god. So, like I said, Boogaloo had the lines of this movie. Other than Tupac had the dramatic lines, but Boogaloo had the lines of this movie. Uh, when he told oh, when he Bernie Mac that he looks like, like Daffy Duck with his beak shot off. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when he was like, look, he got out of prison. Like, you can do washboards. Like, you can clean clothes on this shit. I love that. Like, honestly, Marlon Niggas was, was paying a- me to wash their clothes on my stomach. <laughs> yeah, Marlon was great. <laughs> like, and he his energy for this movie is perfect. I really mm-hmm. kind of, like, I, and I, you don't get to say that about Marlon Wayans almost ever. Like, when was the last time you thought, yo, I actually could have used a little bit more Marlon in this movie. Mm-hmm. I actually really wanted more of him. I was excited at the end when he showed up until he shot Tupac, and then I wasn't excited anymore. Yeah. Was, at the end when he showed up, I was like, oh, shit. Now, here's a question. After he, after Kyle realizes that Tommy Shepard is the best basketball player in the world and offers him bunks, and Tommy looks up at the sky and said, you hear that, nutso? <laughs> the boy <laughs> here says he owes me. He owes me. Are we even? I would have ran if I was Kyle. <laughs> like, while Tommy is talking to this guy. Are we even now? And then he turns, to, he turns to Kyle. You don't owe me nothing. You owe yourself and the ones who cared to get you here. How the fuck you come out of that crazy moment to start talking sense to me? I'm running. <laughs> but after, after him and Shep have this moment, after Kyle goes out and finds out, Where's Flip? Where's Flip? He's dead. I think it's time we play. <laughs> so, um, after that moment, where Kyle decides he really wants to be on his coach's team, he doesn't want to play for uh, Birdie anymore and all that kind of stuff. And they meandered their way through life. Mm-hmm. Does Kyle actually become a good ball player? I mean, I'm sure John Thompson taught him how to be a good ball player. Like theoretically, he should have. He was he was looking like he was like thriving at Georgetown, right? We just see him take that last shot. But I, I feel like getting the the coach's uh, approval for the last shot, like he had that play was drawn up for him. Yeah, true. So like I feel like that's how we know, like at the very least, he he's progressing. And then like he takes that last shot. I think is is should be noted. He takes that last shot without touching the ball. Like he does that. Like he he gets that. I open. think that's the most important part. Is that, that he doesn't get to touch the ball. You just that's a real Shep. That's a real Shep thing. If you think about it, like no, that's a Shep, real. That's a real. How do we eliminate a ball hog? Yeah, 
<laughs> but like when you think about it that that's that i thought there was a parallel between like how shep played in that final tournament mm. in that final tournament shep really didn't touch the, the, when he touched it it was gone as soon as the ball was in his hands and he was open he had to gone. shoot because motel was bringing that elbow to the throat <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it felt like it really did feel like to me like that he learned that from shep and it was like they, they didn't do a good job of really tying that in but i felt like that was supposed to be the tie-in it was like mm. shep taught him to move without the ball and then that release rotation splash, that's another thing that Shep taught him. So it's supposed to be like he made him into well, he a, a did. He player. said that when he was getting interviewed by Bill Raftery, he said, oh, I just spreaded my fingers, flicked my wrists, and it went in. <laughs> so so our, uh, it, it, is what we're saying here that coach ain't shit? Because he, he played for coach. I'm sure he played for coach for four years, mm-hmm. from freshman year through varsity, if he's the best kid at this school, and he never learned how to shoot. Coach, coach. Coach, why why does he know how to shoot in well, summer, but he, he couldn't did, shoot them all four years? The coach did say that he couldn't reach him. And like he he there was a whole thing where he was the coach is talking to Chef. He was like, These young I kids. I can't talk. I think he meant black. But he meant black. <laughs> I think he meant black. These black kids today. But no, it was like he was just like, Well, maybe, maybe he'll listen to you. Uh and then Chef was like, I know what I'll do. I'll fuck his mom. <laughs> and then I'll show him how to shoot. <laughs> and it worked. It worked at the end. He was like, I'm gonna really show him how to shoot. Nuts <laughs> You always gotta take it to the hole, young fella. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> but no, like I really do hundred percent feel like like that was supposed to be the like the journey for Kyle was that like he he became you know less of a ball hog and became more of a team player. Uh, and yeah, because that first game where it was like the coach was like, you forgot about your team. And Kyle was like, I had 22 points and eight rebounds. And we yeah. lost. And he was like, then maybe the entire team should be here. It didn't say anything about Kyle having assists. They definitely yada yada at him becoming a better player because the whole time in high school, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the shootout, he was a ball hawk the whole mm-hmm. time. And then the last game, he was throwing the game for half the game. <laughs> And so we never saw him grow. We just ne- we get a time jump, and then next thing we know, he's he's grown into this team player, good basketball player. The nigga's yeah. like point shaving out of nowhere. <laughs> like I'm gonna throw this because there's a chance that Birdie might actually have a way to talk to somebody at Georgetown. Also, yeah, why did he buy that? Why did he believe that anyone at Georgetown would believe? Because he had that agent, that white guy agent. But Remember even all right, the agent? But- even if even if he did, why did he believe that Georgetown would not turn a blind eye to that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the part. Like, why did he believe that they would they would care? That's the part. He's like, look, again, even if you take it from the standpoint of Kyle, where like, you know, like I'm fucking Kyle Lee Watson. I have three names. My game is so strong. I don't care what you tell <laughs> Georgetown, they're gonna take me. Like, why did he like it, it's just that felt like a weird place for, for Birdie to threaten him. It would have made more sense if Birdie had been like, I'm going to shoot your mom. I would have been like, oh, shit. That would have made way more sense for me. Also, as far as we know, Georgetown is the only team to offer him a scholarship. Right? Because the coach didn't tell him about nobody else, and he's looking in the mail every day throwing shit aside. And his mom is like, you know, it's okay if you don't go to Georgetown. No, it's not! And if you don't believe in me! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that scene. <laughs> oh, I'm <man>. on steroids. 
<laughs> Yo, this movie had the best example of people going from like happy and friendly to straight up and down murderous. Oh, you think you can kiss me whenever I want? Nigga, you don't believe in me! (laughs) (laughs) It was just, like, even Tupac in that one scene you played, like, Tupac was like, hey, man, I'm so happy to see you're back. Fuck you, nigga, you don't want to sell drugs? And it was like, Yo, they went. (laughs) (laughs) Such a turn. Hey, man, why don't you tell me you got home? What? Fuck you, nigga! It was just, it's, it, that, this movie loves a turn. It is, ah, uh, <laughs> it loves a turn. And I just, I just, I, I want to bring this up real quick before we talk about our favorite moments and all that kind of stuff. But I'm 100% certain that Boogaloo didn't live after he shot Tupac in that club. Oh, no, he did. He dead twice. Like my, that. In, okay. In my head. In the, the in nigga ain't John finish. Wick. There is no way. He no, no, in my head, here's how this finishes in my head. Like, I, and I'm not even playing. When I first saw this, I, this is what I thought. I was like, he shot Boogaloo and then he took over his like criminal empire. And now Marlon is just running the criminal empire. And that's what I thought. Cause I was like, it's like, you know, you, you get to keep what you kill, right? So like you took, you killed him. It's like, ha I shot the baddest man in town. So now I'm the baddest man in town. That's Not only I, am I the baddest man in town, look at my abs, man, and this is without oil, so you know. <laughs> you can watch clothes on these oil, on these abs. Like that's what I'm saying. You like, think you think they following Bugaloo? Yeah. Now now he's the way they like, treated everyone, him. They didn't even a, give him a jersey. Everyone was afraid of Birdie, and he was the only person who stood up to him. Like and Motaz like, gone. Like, Motaz dead. They need a leader. Dead. Yeah, yeah, he's the only person who stood up to him. Like I feel like I feel like. I really feel like Marlon just took over the criminal empire. Yo, also, how pool. fucked up is that? Your boy, your right hand man, just got shot and killed by the police. And that night, you out there partying, not even giving a fuck. Yo, yeah, you also, didn't even win the tournament. Also, what, are you, what are you celebrating? You lose the tournament. So you tell Mota to shoot Kyle. That's your thing. You're so mad, you want him to shoot Kyle. But nigga, Shepard's the one who scored a billion on your ass. <laughs> Shep dropped 29 on you in three minutes, and you're like, you know what? Shoot that nigga who ball hogged. <laughs> like, I mean, if I'm Mota and, and Birdie's like, yo, man, shoot that nigga Kyle and let's go. I'm aiming at Tommy because Tommy just torched me, shoved me around like it was an NBA jam game, <laughs> beat me in the nuts. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of all this shit. But instead, he tried. And where was he trying to shoot Kyle at? Was it the knee? Was he trying to shoot him in the thigh? I don't think he was aiming. I think he was just spraying. That nigga wasn't trying to, like, he wasn't picking out, like, he wasn't trying to, like, six ring that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't trying to, for real, shoot someone. I mean, they out there playing on a six-foot rim like this is a no-limit video. How did Tommy, how did Tommy, uh, first of all, how did everyone know that Kyle was about to get shot but Kyle? Like, that's the thing that was weird to me. Everyone's like, he's like, yay. And then everyone around him's like, gun. And he's like, huh? Who's jumping around? <laughs> <laughs> How did everyone know? Even Tommy from across the court was like. Also, did Tommy just, get shot in the leg or did he not get shot at all? I thought he got shot in the arm, like in the I back. I think he got shot in the spirit because it didn't show any. <laughs> it didn't show any. It, there was no setback from him getting shot. At all. I mean, maybe because the next thing that they showed was him. It's like down the line. Yeah, they show him 
they showed the the uh, big East Championship was the next thing they show. So maybe he had time to heal. But nigga, no. Well, presumably that's like a year later, right? Yes. That, that, presumably that's a year later. So I mean, he, if he hasn't healed after getting shot in a year, have you been shot? I don't know how long gunshots take to heal from. You're correct. I don't. I would hope <laughs> not a year though. Like I, I haven't been I shot, but I have had stitches and it didn't take a year. I feel like that's just, that's similar. Hey, but then again, hey, you know, I've never been shot. So. Tommy, are you okay, man? I just need some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> just grab me a coffee. But um, what were your What's favorite quotes from the movie? That were there any that we didn't already talk about? Um, I still really love just the obviously the razor blade scene uh, stuck with me for for all of my life, um, and I won't I won't pretend like I didn't try it once. I tried it once and I cut the inside of my mouth and I was like. Mm. <laughs> this is not something I can do. I don't think I am ever, I'm ever going to need this. But yeah, I think we covered my favorite quote. Uh, really, the, the fucking 14K Ur- Urkel is... Wow. I don't think we took, spent enough time on that, but that's, that's a great line. I feel like Marlon throughout this movie uh, shines. And if you don't understand why Marlon is still working today, go watch this movie. I don't think they wrote anything for that nigga in this movie. None of the stuff he says is written. I, I swear he just made all that shit up. I believe they. Great. I believe that. I, I believe it's that. It's really good too. Like honestly, uh, you can take shots at Marlon all you want to, because I mean he is the weakest Wayans. But ooh, he he. This is like a goddamn tour de force for him. Like a hold on, is he the weakest Wayans? Because I feel like Sean's the weakest Wayans. I feel like the sister, Kim. Oh, I love Kim. No, Kim there's the, another one, isn't there? Oh, it's about uh. I almost I almost called the the oldest Jackson a while. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's another, another sister. Is that there's one that like doesn't do any of this shit? Like yeah, she's like she's, yeah, she's the weakest. Okay, she's the sure. one who didn't get none of the talent. <laughs> like fuck y'all, going to do a movie? Well, I gotta go be an essential worker. <laughs> <laughs> Is she because like like okay, like she's not like ruining anybody's life though, like. Maybe Sean, Sean might be the weakest. What no, Damon is the weakest one. Oh, what? Nigga, Based on the what? Between Blank Man and Major Pain. Blank which Man one was, was amazing. Wait, you don't Oh, love Major Pain is hilarious. Come on, I love bro. both these movies. <laughs> you don't like Major Pain or Blank Man? Are you serious? Are you we'll black? have you back on for the Damon Wayans segment. Bring me back for, like, I love Blank Man. What about my and wife I'm, and kids? Thank you. Like Damon, Damon has a lot. Mo stand money, Mo money. Stand up? I'll give you that. I'll give you more money. Wait, I, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I, I'm still kind of hurt about the fact that you don't like Blank Man. Word. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. Somewhere down the line. It's, but it's a perfect movie. So Tupac. Oh, and, hold on. My um. I didn't. Wait. Get, I didn't give my yeah. quote. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just want to point out that for the um Razor Blade scene. That is so memorable. There's no reason for it to happen. They're sitting there watching a, a a little chunky kid and his brother, and the little chunky kid will not use the fucking backboard on his shot. And so his brother's like, "If you don't make it, I ain't gonna get you dessert." And Tupac's like, "I never learned how to use a backboard, but I learned how to put a razor blade in my mouth, and that's how he found out that uh, Flip was dead." Yeah, this brother was a dick, by the way. It's funny what you do pick up, though. 
Same music. I didn't do this. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, that's, this hold on. Cool. Hold on. Let it play out. I didn't put that music on there, y'all. That's just the background music for every part of this movie. Like, it's Grand Theft Auto. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. No, I was going to say, like, uh, <laughs> this is how you know a white person wrote this movie. Because that is that is their idea of, like, a legitimate threat. Is like, <laughs> I keep a razor blade in my mouth, nigga. Not like I got a gun and tucked into my waist. Not I got heat in the trunk. It's, I keep a razor blade, nigga. Like, that's how you know a white dude wrote this. <laughs> It's like, dude, this is not how you show off that you're a gangster. This is not it. Though I did try to show off that I was a gangster that way. So maybe it was just, <laughs> I, I wanted it to be it. I wanted it so bad, but that's not it. It's not. I wanted to be real life killers. I want, no, I just wanted to be able to take a razor blade out of my mouth. Yeah. And like, like to too. blow it into my hands and be like, yeah. The only thing I was shame. able to do was the blowing into my hand part. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> so I would do it to show how things, how quickly things disappear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you had one moment and the next moment <laughs> yeah he just had a magic trick that's what yep that's really what it, if you really think about it tupac was just like training to be a magician that's really all that is <laughs> he was just trained to be a magician <laughs> and he looks at the wind he looks at the camera like david blaine and shit <laughs> uh brandon what was what was your quote oh my quote was when uh the coach was yelling at him and <laughs> This was the funniest shit to me. And he's like, you got to you gotta come talk. We're going to have to talk about this. And he's like, I had 22 points, eight rebounds. And the coach is like, and yeah, we lost. And he's like, then maybe the entire team should be in here instead of me. I said this. <laughs> like, nigga, you didn't pass. He said, you, you didn't give anybody a chance to score. And I forget, he said something after that. <laughs> and he basically said, like, nigga, I'm the only person out here who can score. Fuck you. There's and I'm more just about, watching this. There's more about games than life. What what the fuck does that mean? Nothing. And that was so funny to me because I watched the game and there's literally niggas standing wide open <laughs> under the basket. Like just standing there begging for the ball. Like Mac, well, I keep calling him Mac. Henry Simmons' character is mad as shit. He's the only person taller than six feet on either <laughs> on any of the teams that we've seen. So he's six four. He is center. He's standing there under the basket, jacked, waiting for the ball. This nigga don't never pass him the ball, ever. Hand out, calling for, like, ball, ball, ball. Everyone on his team, all they say the entire game is ball, ball, ball. I'm open, ball. Also, they're like, about to get in the fight in the locker room. You think I, you think I believe Dwayne Martin going to beat fucking Henry Simmons' ass in the fight? Fuck no. All I know is that I'm, I'm, I'm watching him shoot, and everybody else got their hands up talking about, oh, Shep, <laughs> oh, Shep. And it's like, yo. Everybody's open, nigga. Can you pass the ball to somebody on your team? Also, you... at what point does the coach just bench him for not? You're a point guard who doesn't pass. Why well, coach... I mean, when he finally, when when uh, Kyle says he's not going to play for the team initially, the coach goes out and finds another fucking ball hog. Bombers, 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 championship. <laughs> All you got to do is give me the rock. He also did... Um... He, you know, at one point he moved him to the two because he said, you know, let me get you off ball so you can go make things happen. And then he gets mad at that shit. He's like, why the fuck I got to get off the ball? Why you want me to score? I want to be run the point. Why you want me to spread my fingers? What? <laughs> He's non-talented Russell Westbrook. Oh, my God. Damn. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, none of the skill, none of the talent. 
none of the like speed and athleticism, but all of the attitude. And this is all uh, it took. Birdie just had to say this shit to him. Versus the bombers, the match we've all been waiting for. For all the marbles, the championship. Say good luck. It's not very polite. I wish you good luck. You don't wish it back to me. It's damn near rude. Good luck, Birdie. Thanks a lot. Almost forgot. Heard you a hoy in there. Congratulations. How the fuck did he know that? What you think they're gonna think up in Georgetown about the presents you took? Check this out. You're not going to college or any fucking where if the Birdman don't win. You might be on another team, but you playing for me, Kyle. You remember that. Good game. <laughs> a long time ago, Jay good. taught me what's called a compliment sandwich. <laughs> a long time ago, Jay taught me about a compliment sandwich where you say something nice and then you say something horrible and then you close it off with something nice. <laughs> hey, good game. Good game. Good game, Kyle. That shit is good. Good game, Kyle. You ain't going to tell me good game? Oh, by the way, you're a Hoya now. That's dope. Yo, you better throw this motherfucking game, Ross. I'm going to tell everybody about the money that I gave you. Good game, man. Bring it in. Bring it. Oh, your mama. <laughs> you're my people. I'm going to kill you. But you're my people, though. <laughs> by the way, Rashani, uh, since we brought this up, I just had to look this up because that's how I do things. So Bleacher Report did a, a analysis on the 10 biggest ball hogs since the three-point <laughs> line began. They did, like, a, analytics to figure it out, right? Let me tell you who these are really quick. Tim Kyle Hardaway. Oh. Tim Hardaway is number 10. Okay. Latrell Sprewell is number 9. Allen right. Iverson is number 8. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Arenas, number 7. Steven Jackson, number 6. Mm. Jamal Mashburn, number 5. Russell Westbrook, number 4. Jerry Stackhouse, number 3. <laughs> this is a perfect one. Antoine Walker, number 2. And the number one ball hawk of all time, Baron Davis. Baron. Ooh. Are they going by just like like usage and assists? Like how, how did they figure that they out? That's a number. Baron Davis is 1.433. He's got the highest number. It's some type of analytical thing that they do. Kobe Bryant, by the way, not on the list. Good, good. Because he was the only one on the team. He was like Kyle Watkins. Kyle yeah, Watson. Like, Kobe Bryant was number 33. Like Derek Kobe- Rose was 57. Michael Jordan was 85. Yeah, I was gonna say Kobe had a people to pass to it at one point in his career, though. Like, I mean, he was playing with Shaq that entire time. He was with Shaq. I mean, he was not the number one option. So, what would y'all say? Who would y'all say was the true star of this movie? This is something where we look at who actually should have been the star, um, but because the game is the game, all focus was put on Dwayne Martin, who really shouldn't have been the star, in my opinion. Who would y'all think was the star of the movie? Jay, we'll go ahead and start with you. I feel like we already know what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Marlon. Marlon was the star of this movie. Uh, Marlon Wayans is uh, a force. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, <laughs> no, this, no, I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, for real, too, like, too, this is another uh, of the, the movies that make me wish I got to see more from Tupac. Yeah. Like, this, this, this whole t- movie with him, because it's not a good movie. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way. Like, I, I, I joke around about this being good. But this is a trash movie. It's not very good. It's not well written. But, like, the performances in it kind of take it to another place. And Tupac's performance is, you know, really, really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's to the point where, like, like I said, I don't think Bernie 
in the original script gets killed. I don't think Birdman kills Bernie in the original script. I think they had to add that in because as they were looking at the movie, they were like, yo, we like Tupac way too much. Because there's not a point where you dislike Tupac. And even when you get shot at the end, you're kind of like, you're kind of like, like, like I didn't want to see him get it. So I feel like Tupac had a great performance in this movie. And I, I still, even though I, I won't put Marlon above it, I still think Marlon actually had a really good performance in this movie too. Like this is a fun movie to watch Marlon Wayans in. Like, except, it, for, except for that one scene. When he like I literally felt bad for him in the scene where he comes in there and he's like, where's my jersey? Oh, they just clown him. <laughs> but even in that scene though, like, like but, but at that point, think about this, Marlon, Marlon put so much hurt in his face. Like you feel so bad for him. You're like, you do. oh shit. To the point that later when he comes up and he shoots him, like even though you don't want to see Tupac get it, you're like, I get why Marlon did it. So like it's that it, it's a real good movie for Marlon too. If anyone ever wants to tell you like Marlon doesn't have some talent, like you can show him this movie and be like, look, you tell me you think Benny Medina wrote these lines. He didn't. This is all Marlon, and I guarantee you, Marlon like had uh, if you if we could see the behind the scenes of this, I guarantee you, you see like at least like 10 to 15 minutes of Marlon on every single scene, just like throwing out lines and then restarting. So yeah, that's what I got. Okay, okay, settle down, settle down. All right, we got us a new player on the team. It's a little wet behind the ears, but I'm sure with the help of everybody here, he gonna be all right. It's our new bird, man, our point cop. What's up, what's up? Yeah, right. Championship, baby, we'll be doing niggas like my man Vinny. Y'all gotta take care of Oh, y'all niggas came and tell her brother you having a team meeting? Damn. Oh, shit, y'all got uniform? Damn. Y'all hope nobody got my number. Hey, yo, Black Lurch, they find a pair of shoes to fit you. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> what's up? Sorry, I'm late, B. What's up, where my uniform at, B? Shit, where my uniform players on yeah, I'm a player, you know me. Fuck a good player in a wheelchair, nigga. Tell her, man, you've been working on my game. I'm telling you, we're going to play college ball together. Like college? Nigga, you can't barely fucking read. How the hell are you going to college? Is this a fucking joke? Somebody tell me this is a fucking joke. Tell me, somebody. Is it a joke? Yeah, nigga, come on, I got you. Right. Come on, B, you know how I be playing around right, this right. shit. That's what I fucking thought. College ball. Check this out. We having a team meeting, and I appreciate it if you get the fuck out so we can handle our business. So where we going, y'all? Where we going? Jamaica, Las Vegas, we got here. <laughs> nigga, get the fuck out. You don't hear me? Am I stuttering? Get the fuck out, man. Get out <laughs> so, a few things. About a few things about that scene. First of all, Kyle's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I know he didn't even like stand up for him. Hey, Kyle, tell him we're going to college together. Well, he did hit a few jump shots a couple of days ago, Birdie, <laughs> when we were out of practice together. Like I did, I did ace him up a little bit. Nope, I ain't see shit. I don't know nothing. I don't even know this dude. When you watch that scene and. And Boogaloo just looks so heartbroken. Like, his lip is poked out like a four-year-old who gets told he's not going to McDonald's for real. And he's still standing there. Oh, man. I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying. Yo. That was pretty bad. Where my jersey at? It's Wait. hard to listen to. <laughs> like, I listened to it, I was like, oh, no, no. No, no, no. Don't sound so happy. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You right. Like, oh no, no, you know, I was I was just fucking with you. I'm like, 
No, you weren't, bro. Uh, <laughs> no, you weren't. You really uh, thought you were doing this. Also, I just want to point out the part where the music stops. Telling you we're gonna play college ball together like college. Nigga, you can't barely fucking read. How the hell are you going to college? Is this a fucking joke? Somebody tell me this is a fucking joke. Tell me, somebody. Is it a joke? Like the music just stops walking up and say, This is a fucking joke. Somebody was like, turn that shit down. Like also, you know, like, that's how you know Kyle not that good at basketball. Because one thing I know about good basketball players is they can always get their boys on the team. Mm-hmm. And so if you're that good, you'd be like, listen, man, I'm I'll play for you, but you gotta get my boy a spot. Too. I mean, Greg Odin pulled a nigga who never got off the bench at Ohio State all the way up to college with him. Mm-hmm. who wrote a book about it, and you can't get Boogaloo on the team for a pickup Rutgers for a Rutgers tournament? Is this Real a joke? Talk. Real talk. If Kyle had gone with Birdie's team, do you think he sees that, that much playing time? If Kyle goes to Birdie's team, I think Mota shoots him in the knee at halftime. <laughs> I, I don't think he sees that much playing time. And uh, I honestly feel like if if, if he – had gone to the team. The only reason, I guess I'm saying the only reason Tupac really picked him up was because he was a threat from another team. So he was just trying to like eliminate all the threats to him winning. I don't think he plays if he's on Tupac's team. Brandon. I think he plays, but I think it don't last that long because Motile's not having that bullhawk shit. Right? He already hey. didn't like him because he got benched for him. Remember? Because Motile was, at first, they told Motile was going to come off the bench. And he was mad. So like, he was already mad. He told him when they were in the car, like, y'all niggas need to shut the fuck up about this basketball shit because y'all ain't about this life and I'm about this life. And had them like, yo, you need a hug, nigga. <laughs> like, yo, somebody didn't treat you right. I'm so crazy. I spilled my own mind. Also, before I play this, I just want to remind y'all that uh, Marlon Wayans dug real deep for this movie and decided to embody the role of all of the members of Onyx for his voice for this movie. I'm so crazy, I killed my own mama. Ain't a fat ass up, like Jeffrey fucking Dama. I'm a wild type of nigga with a comma. <laughs> Yo, Kyle, Kyle, that's your man right there? The security guard we have beef with? Yeah. Why is that nigga bugging out? Yo, he's playing ball without a ball. <laughs> 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 Look like you're auditioning for the Twilight Zone, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. You better leave that shit alone, whatever you fucking with. No more, don't sell to that nigga. I El Kyle. Tell this funny-looking nigga how long it took me to call you back after you beat me. A couple of minutes. A couple of what? A couple of minutes. A couple of minutes, Mo. That's called good business. Prompt service. You know what I'm saying? Boom. <laughs> Fuck out of my ear. Anyway. El Kyle, I told Brady that you was in. Money was hyped. Yeah, like an orgasm and shit. <laughs> Yo, I think that nigga like winning more than money and twice as much as pussy and shit. Uh, well, fuck a jerk off to winning. Ah, uh, nigga went there. Uh, uh, is you motherfuckers finished? <laughs> Y'all finished? You silly motherfuckers. You got to be soldiers, all right? Soldiers. Not clowns, goddammit. Drive, and you shut the fuck up. 
Yo, man, why you be trying to steal me down? What? Don't mind that nigga. He just mad because you're going to be sitting the bench and you playing point and shit. You got his period and shit. Yo, I'm going to pull over and get you some pads, bro. <laughs> Mini or maxi, what you take? <laughs> take a pause. Yo, you nigga, something. I'm driving. Chill. Let me tell you something. First so of bad. all, I don't give a fuck what Birdie said. I don't give a damn about this whole ass nigga in the back. I will bury the both of you motherfuckers. You better start listening and stop playing. That nigga was literally like, yo, you say another motherfucking word. I will murder you. Kyle wasn't going to get on that team. Avon was mad. Avon <laughs> was going to put him in one of them bacons with some limestone, nigga. Avon was so mad. <sighs> hey, who was, your, uh, who was your star of the movie, Brandon? Oh, it's Tupac. I mean, mm-hmm. I only thought three people were good in this film. Um, Tupac, Marlon. And in Bernie Mac, everybody else was just there, honestly. Uh, and uh, the writing didn't help him at all either. So uh, I thought Tupac made the movie compelling. All his scenes were compelling. You believed his character. Like for somebody who looks like Tupac, you believed him for the most part. And so if you can get me to believe that Tupac is an East Coast gangster running this, running this drug empire to the point that he can get a duplex in Manhattan and run With a marble club, floors then, you know, you're doing something good because that sounds ridiculous on his face. So what was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh, my favorite scene was the um, the the um, scene at the, um, the, God, slip, the fe- not the funeral, um, the graveyard. Okay. The, at, the, at the graveyard with Shep and Birdie um, because, you know, Tupac basically explained... Uh, what the hell was going on? You find out that Birdie's been gone a long time. I mean, that Shep's been gone a long time, but that best what kind of led to Birdie getting into what he's getting into. And I think what they wanted you to believe is like Birdie probably. They, I think what the scene was trying to make you believe is that like Birdie was a good dude, but when Shep left, it sent mm-hmm. him down the wrong path, and that's how he got into gangster gangsterisms and shit like that. The they shit, didn't say it explicitly, but I think that's what it was. This shit sounds like a Kelly Clarkson song. Like, since you've been gone, <laughs> I sold crack for the first time. <laughs> Definitely. Got Razor blade under the tongue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to you. Now I got, I got me a gun. We also didn't see him selling any drugs either the whole no. time. Didn't see him do shit except for Punk Out Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> like Punk Out oh, Boogaloo, shit. Punk Out a Homeless Person. Oh, God. What's your favorite scene, uh, Jay? Jay? I think you're on mute. Jay, are you on mute? Oh, yeah, my mic was muted. My bad. Shout out to Uh-oh. Scar. Yeah, I don't know why the mic is muted itself. That's weird. Uh, but no, I the scene I was gonna say that I loved the most uh, was um, the opening scene when Nutsuck goes off the roof. Uh, that's what I'm here for. That's my scene. It it, it sets up the whole rest of the movie. Where the it fuck did that wall go, Wallace? <laughs> it's like him going off the roof. That that entire backboard just shattering, which. <laughs> 
Was it was it was it plywood? Like what exactly happened to the backboard? It it, it, it looked like it was paper the way it broke. <laughs> oh like, my god! It looked like the, styrofoam. Just the him going through it and then going over the side of the roof and that last shot of like Shep being like, oh, not so. Like wait, I have so many <laughs> questions about that rooftop basketball court. First of all, how much of a health violation is it that your rim is right next to the fucking ledge? Uh, it's supposed else to have fences, but here's the other thing that we didn't. Nobody talks about. You trying to tell me the NYPD didn't suspect that he killed that nigga? Right. Y'all the only you just see a, You just see a dude go splat off of a rooftop, and somebody nighttime. else looking over it like this. At nighttime, come on, bro. And they're both black. And one of them look like a sweaty ass crackhead in a varsity jacket. Oh. I just That's love it. how that wall faded away. Like, hey, man, it's my break. Oh, shit. Right when I leave. <laughs> That's one of the most ridiculous deaths I think I've ever seen <laughs> in any movie. You're like, that is utterly it. ridiculous. <laughs> like, it was like someone wanted to, like, make the stakes of a basketball game ultimately higher. And they were like, what if we made the game itself? higher <laughs> that's how we got here we're on a rooftop now and niggas can die you can die if you miss a shot Game of death. <laughs> also like all right so rooftop basketball court and i know this is like belaboring a point so i'm, I'm not going to do this too much longer but a rooftop basketball court i assume at some point the basketball goes over the side and like down to the street yeah like they say if you drop like a penny from like the empire state building you can like murder somebody it'll go through somebody's head a basketball being dropped from like a skyscraper or from like high enough up like if you get hit with a basketball from like high enough up doesn't that fuck up like at least kill maybe not kill you but like paralyze you fuck right. up, yes, fuck it up would your, hurt fuck up your life it would hurt like, very badly like who let this happen who let any of this happen i i need new york to be better about the way they plan their city and that's why like you were saying they got the cage out there somewhere where they got like the fences around the basketball court, but this one, walls just disappeared. This fucking Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> also, what? Not even dangerous. What happens when you get the wrong bounce off the rim? You, you, your day's over. All right, got, this is over. That's it. Somebody you go downstairs because, and get the ball. Nope, nigga. Because I'm just waiting right underneath that uh, apartment all day long, and as soon as the ball comes over the side, I'm stealing it. You can't get down here fast enough <laughs> to stop me. True. True. Also, like. Okay, I said I wasn't going to do this anymore, but let's talk about the rooftop basketball court a little bit more. Um, basketball courts on the ground have fences around them. <laughs> Why would you not put a fence around a basketball court in the air? Like, so much about that court. Uh, that's my favorite scene. I got to quit talking about it because I, I, will, in I fact, will talk about it more. All the basketball <laughs> courts outside that they played on in the movie had a fence around fence. them. Not but a single one. one was not fenced. The only one that's not fenced is the one that's in the fucking air. <laughs> like, uh, oh, okay. Okay, no, I'm done. But that's my favorite scene. I just, you will not see anyone die more ridiculously. I think you're right, Brandon. Like, you won't see a death more ridiculous than that in the movie. It, 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 they don't exist. So shout out to Above the Rim for the most ridiculous death of all time. No. I cannot believe they made that. Also, was that New Line Cinema? Yes. Yeah. Oh my, yes. Was every black movie New Line Cinema in the 90s? <laughs> it was yes. in the 90s, yes. Yes, it was. Only people who would fuck with us. The they they were the only people who, who believed in urban fiction. Jesus. I mean, to be fair, we did put a rooftop basketball goal into this one. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I could see people being skeptical. <laughs> Though, by the way, 
uh, I don't know if y'all talk about this, but this movie made money. It made a lot of money. Yeah, it made like ten. So this, how much did it cost? It cost What's six to film. I think it cost okay. like six point five to film, and it made I want to say it made somewhere around sixteen. So I mean, they made a they made a solid ten million off this. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. For, so for what it is, that's a great movie. So the things that I thought aged well in this movie, it wasn't much. But the one thing that aged well in this movie is small ball. Yes. Because everybody on every court was like six foot and below. <laughs> no, the one white guy, he was six four. The bowl cut. Yeah. The bowl cut was six four. Yeah. But still, yeah, small ball. Yeah. And what didn't age well to me were big ass expedition trucks uh, actually going outside to play basketball. <laughs> like any basketball court you go to in the 90s was like packed with like niggas on the sideline waiting for their turn with like they bring the gallon container of juice with them and be there all day long. Nowadays, you go to a court, it's one person maybe mm-hmm. by themselves talking about, nuts out! <laughs> get off me. That is no kind of sad though. Like I used to be at the basketball court all the time growing up. And it was always packed. People waiting on the side to have necks. Like you'd be there all day, just people waiting to get on to get on to get a run. And when you got I'm, on, you were like, you gotta perform because if you don't get if you don't win, you're gonna be off the court for like another hour. Not I feel like there's like, like one court in every city that's still popping, and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I was going to point out, you had to, even if you lost, you still had to, like, be good in that loss because you might get picked up on another team. So, like, yeah. right, like, like, if I performed well, but my team lost, some other one, like, well, grab that nigga and bring him with us because he can shoot. Nigga, some of the biggest fights. <laughs> I've been here for an hour. <laughs> I called next. I called one next. o'clock. Why are you picking him up? You got to, you can't pick up people off the team. Hey, somebody stand up for me. <laughs> You know what? It, I always thought I kind of assumed that it was my age that was why I never like saw that anymore. Because you know, I can't fuck around with the asphalt court anymore. My knees won't let it happen. Nah, but it I don't know if people thing. even do that anymore. Yeah, like what happened to like fucking congregating and playing ball against each other? Like what happened to it? Niggas playing gyms now. They don't play outdoors. Yeah, I guess. Like I mean, if I had a choice, it ain't global warming. It's our parents. The parents nowadays really have these kids shook like they're going to get kidnapped if they go to the park. And adults are playing AAU, or the older kids are playing AAU, so they're not going out to the outside courts because their coaches are like, yo, we got inside gyms, come work out. Yeah. The crazy thing about that is it's so much safer now than when we were kids. Like, the world is so much safer. Like, it's so much, like, you hear, like, I don't want to get into politics, but, like, when you hear politicians talk about, like, crime and stuff today, I'm like, Crime, like, like it was bullshit and racist 20 years ago. But 20 years ago, or 25 years ago, 30 years ago, like, it was actually bad in, like, New York and places like that. Like, it, it was actually, like, bad. <laughs> but today, I mean, crime still happens, but it's not like that. Like, even in the – I'm from Baltimore, one of the portable worst places in the country. There's very few places in Baltimore where I'm not going to go and feel unsafe during the daytime. At nighttime, you know, that might be different. But during just out during the day, like there's very there's like nowhere where I wouldn't just go hang out and play basketball, do something. Because there's nothing's gonna happen. It's not even anybody there. To me, yeah. the other thing that didn't age well is that scene where um Kyle is yelling and screaming 
And Shep comes in and his mom is like, why are you mad at Shep? Or why are you so mad? And Kyle says, ask him. And Shep <laughs> walks away like he got me. He got me. When really Shep shouldn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, bro, what, what, what I do? Ask him. It's because Bertie's your brother and you don't know that because you weren't there for that conversation that I had with Bertie and Flip where Flip said, ask Scarface, <laughs> he's Tommy's brother. Uh, also, what didn't age well is um, misogyny and, um, and hip hop. Just this entire movie is, is like, I think if this movie came out today, because uh, it doesn't pass the Bechtel test at all. Um, it no. is, it, there is, there are very few women in this movie and the ones who are, are either like you said, like side pieces or they're, they're just there. The girl, the woman who comes in with Tupac at the beginning of the movie when they walk into the school, <laughs> literally does nothing for the whole movie but stare at Tupac. Forgot that, that she was there truly uh, until no you lines. mentioned her. I was like, oh, that's right, there was a woman there. She had and, no lines, no name. In the credits, she's Birdie's girlfriend. What's her name? Like real life name? Uh, hold up, I got it right here. It is. I want to see if she went to any other movies based off this movie. Like, can you imagine taking this in as like your audition uh, her tape? Her real life name is. Look at my eyes. I stare at him good. <laughs> uh, where is it? Birdie's girl. Cindy Birch. Birdie girl. Birdie girl. Cindy Birch. Yes. Oh my God! Award-winning writer, producer, and director, Cindy Malika Birch. Oh my goodness. Like she really did leave there and started doing shit. She was good for her. This not movie in not, she was a writer. This movie she, did not she's a writer for career at all. She did the two live stews. Remember them? The sports dudes, the brothers that were bald. She worked hard until two thousand eight. And then I mean, after that she probably retired. Yeah. Nope. After that she went to producing. Yeah, she uh in 2009, she returned to her alma mater to pursue, pursue an MBA at Rutgers. Uh, so she got a master's in 2009. Um, she served as general manager of Rutgers Radio under her leadership program and was diversified and expanded to a 24-7 schedule. Listenership and me membership increased dramatically, and the station won two Rutgers University Awards, including Student Organization of the Year. She was also awarded the Rutgers Network New Work uh, Legacy Award for her efforts. In May of 2011, she graduated her master's in marketing and arts management. And all we knew her for was for the girl who looked at Tupac throughout the movie. Ooh, Cindy had a life. Also, Cindy. how did they not get any basketball players in this film? Uh, like, Kirkland. usually, who? Pee Wee Kirkland was in it. Yeah, he was. was? Pee Wee Kirkland was the, okay. the Brief, scout from scout. Uh, from Georgetown. And his brother, oh, okay. but all the, they were all streetballers. They didn't, they, they could they didn't get any NBA players in it. And that, that didn't make, that felt like a mistake to me. Because there were NBA players from New York. Like they, they could have, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have had one of them show up at like that tournament and just had them like cameo. But I guess they felt like Pee Wee Kirkland was more important. So like, you know the woman that was in the club that he said like it cost money that he was referring to. In the credits, she's just referred to as young woman. With the hat, she has, it should be norm. It should be young woman with the hat. And she has no credits besides this film. Her name's Cinnamon Page. That hat. Like, that was the biggest hat I've ever seen. It was, it was a very impressive hat. 
So, Jay, we'll call you back when we do the uh, Damon Wayans month. I guess now that just became a thing. I, um, I'm actually really hurt that you don't like Blank Man, and I'm questioning our friendship. So You should question our friendship because <laughs> Blank Man was pretty fucking bad. And I've seen it. I've, I've forced my wife to watch it. So, like, I've seen it recently. See how you're forcing <laughs> it on people? Yeah, my wife. No, my wife. Wait. <laughs> my wife uh, had never seen it before. And she was like, I really don't want to see uh, a movie starring Damon Wayans and uh, um, David Allen Greer. And I was like, too bad. We're still going to watch it. And we watched it. She loved it. It was. She was like, this is fantastic. That's right. That's the best right. movie I've ever seen in my life. She did not. No, she That's really did right. actually like it. I'm not even playing. She really did enjoy the movie. It's a really fucking enjoyable movie. Don't get me wrong. Is it like perfect? No. But it's not it even an enjoyable movie. Yes. It's not even an enjoyable movie. Stop. It's as close stop, to perfect as movie. Stop. Stop, stop that. You stop that. Henry right. Wayans is a god, and you, you should. That's <laughs> right. You cut that out. That's <laughs> right. Henry Wayans made one of the best movies of all time. Uh, it, it's, it's an American treasure, is what it is. That's uh, right. If you what movie over, was that? If you, Blank Man. If you flip Blank over Man. the Constitution of the United States, it points you to where you can find a copy of Blank Man because it's a national treasure. Mm. That was a long walk, but you, you get that was, going. and you <laughs> you should still be ashamed of yourself. Um, but just for you, we have now made a <laughs> uh, Damon Wayans month, ladies and gentlemen. Here's how hindsight works: we watch a movie that we saw when we were kids, or when we were teenagers, or in the early 2000s, and then we come back and we uh, review it again as adults. It usually goes just like this. The next one we're gonna do is gonna be Menace to Society. <laughs> And trust me, I got shit to say for that motherfucker. Um, the first month is this month. Our uh, themes are pretty much for this month, black gangster movies. So Above the Rim, Minutes Society, New Jack City, Boys in the Hood, and then the Patreon uh, show we're going to do is going to be set it off. Ooh. Those so, are really good. In fact, the weakest one of those is Minutes Society. <laughs> you have no idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> Minister Society is. Oh no, Minister Society is a terrible movie. I I tried to rewatch it as an adult and I could not. Well, Please. you're more than welcome to. You're more no, than welcome you. to be our reviewer <laughs> of the month for these ones. Um, no, thank you because I don't. I don't want to rewatch that. <laughs> I don't yeah, rewatch Minister Society. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> I really don't want to rewatch it. It's so bad. It is yeah. Oh. Yeah, I took I don't notes. Know how people's careers got yeah. like launched off of that movie. We're gonna talk how... about it. Oh God, yeah, it's a thing. But uh, again, thank you so much for coming out and uh, joining us. Um, yeah, my bad for the late show, late start on, on my front. Uh, I have a reason for that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blame this on my neighbor who was playing um, video games until six in the morning and talking very loudly over Xbox Live <laughs> um, to the point where like I woke up and heard him and it could not go to sleep because every couple of minutes he's like, whoa. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's why I overslept because I didn't go to bed until six. So fuck that dude. Uh, I got to go kick in some neighbor's doors because I'm really pissed off about that. But thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah, go thank ahead and do you. your shout outs. Um, shout out to Marlon Wayans. Uh, you know, and Damon, shout out to the entire Wayans family, first of all. I feel like uh, they don't get enough credit for the amazing things they've done for the culture, um, for Black people, and for America as a whole. Uh, Y'all can't see it, but I can see Derek's face as I say this, and it's kind of what makes me <laughs> makes this work. <laughs> it's kind of what makes this work. Uh, real shout outs. Uh, first of all, shout out to y'all for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to, to Derek. 
Um, this is dope, man. This is really dope. I'm looking forward to hearing the Minister Society episode. Have Dude, me back. We got we got LSPN on that episode, bro. Oh man, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Have me back for the Damon one because I I want I will defend Damon uh, and Blank Man specifically. Maybe not Damon, but I will defend Blank Man uh, to to the death. I will I will defend it. Um, also, do I need to give like where to find me? Adjective underscore J. I feel like we know this at this point, right? I feel like if you listen to, well, yeah, but find me. I'm adjective underscore J on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, this is this is dope. I want to hear that Minister Society episode so bad. <laughs> so bad. I want to hear that episode so bad. <laughs> I'm listening to that episode because, <laughs> right? Oof. Uh, <laughs> That's menace. Menace is literally oof. the oof movie. That movie. It's. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Ugh. Brandon, I don't think you get shout outs to this year's show, but tell them no what you're outs. doing this week for uh for uh uh why so serious. We review steel. Uh, so I made some people uh have some non self help weeks and I made them go watch Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Um from the 90s and we reviewed that and talked a lot of shit about it so that'll be out tonight sometime okay well sunday or whatever you know i don't know when it's coming up it'll be out when you re- when you hear this so again thank y'all for listening um we might do these twice a week i'm thinking tuesday and thursday um maybe probably not no we'll <laughs> do it once a week yeah, we'll do it once a week. I just decided that just now. Movies at twice a week pretty quickly. We're going to do once a week. So enjoy this one. We hope to see y'all for the next one. And again, this is hindsight. Y'all be good. Peace. Simulcast.